0: Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area To join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus, our Savior, walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel, Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed.
1: Exodus 13 and 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. It is mine. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten on this day you are going out in the month of Abib. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Havites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, say, this is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. And it shall be, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this that you shall say to him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass, When Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I will sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt." So the firstborn were to be dedicated for the service of the Lord. When I think about it, all of Egypt's firstborn just died in the plague. He just killed all their firstborn. So God is saying, now your firstborn are now mine. I pronounce judgment on them, but your firstborn belong to me. And again, Moses reminded the people the importance that the day was of their deliverance. And now they go on to the land of promise, the promised land. Now, they would remember this victory every year during the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Now, the feast was to be like a sign set said on their hand or their forehead, meaning it was a reminder of God's mighty deliverance of Egypt, their hand and forehead. What I look like should represent that. The things I do on my hand, the work I do kind of thing is should be a re- reminder. Now, once in the promised land, the firstborn sons and male animals, they're to be dedicated to the Lord like in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The consecration of the firstborn was a sign. It was a reminder of God's powerful deliverance. You know, I need reminders of God's deliverance often, and He gives them to me often. When I get to forgetting what God has done for me, He reminds me. (laughs) Sometimes it feels good, and sometimes it don't. But this is one they were to actually enact in a feast. He took them out of bondage. This was over 400 years of bondage. It's kind of hard to forget what God did when you have all the firstborn living and working in a different way than everybody else because they're dedicated. The firstborn of every family, they had to do, set aside certain work for the service of God that all the other kids didn't have to do. And so when you got one of the kids working like this and all the other ones don't and they go... Why is he doing that? And it's, it, it was to, to give the parents a place to give the reminder, God took us out of Egypt. And so he was basically, God is kind of weaving a reminder into their culture. Your firstborn now works for me. And they would see that through all their culture. Exodus 3 and 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. They're going out. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. You know, I think it's neat that Joseph saw way back. He said, surely God's going to visit you. When he does, take my bones with you. (laughs) What a statement to make that he could see that. The shortest way to the promised land was through bad territory. God did not give them the shortcut. He had to take them around something, way around the Philistine area, the Philistine land. God directed them around this land to avoid any military confrontations they've never had good relations with the philistines he didn't want them to be bothered so he took them a long way around now also there would have been egyptian guards in that area that had they seen them get close to there the egyptians would have gone up to him and talked them into going back hey you need to be going back to egypt you should go back get under pharaoh like you've been god did not want them bothered with that the israelites they did not need any encouragement to go back to the way things used to be. And so here Moses also remembered Joseph's request that his bones be taken from Egypt. I want to show you something real quick. I should have said this earlier. Uh, Genesis 50 and 24. And Joseph said to his brethren, I'm dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Moses is honoring uh, Joseph's request. Moses is keeping that. You know, people really valued their word back then. He actually did all this for them. So the Israelites are being guided by a pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. Now, I know you're trying to imagine what did this look like? They were really covering some good distance every day to be led both by day and night. If you're being led by day and night, you're moving day and night. Time to move it. Let's go. Get out of here. Now, when I try to imagine a pillar of cloud, I think of a tornado. But the pillar of fire at night, that had to be fascinating, one thing here is these miraculous things are not just for their guidance. Having these pillars indicated God's presence with them and assured them of His goodness and His faithfulness. It says it didn't leave them. It stayed with them. Now, I know that sometimes we can tend to forget that God is with those of us who believe, but, and I know that maybe reading this story sometimes, we wish we could have pillars like this to remind us that God's with us. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to step out and there's a pillar? All right? I'm driving to work today, and it goes out in front of you. Okay, that's where I'm going to work. You know, I know that sometimes we'd like to think of that happening. We don't have a pillar of cloud and fire anymore to remind us that God's with us. I want to tell you, we don't need to. We have better than that. A lot better than that. Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's better than a pillar if you ask me, Jesus Christ with me. And you know, friends, I, I know there's times in life when you go out into unfamiliar territory like the Israelites are doing in this case here, and it can be a scary thing. Maybe you're trying to look for a new career or you're looking for a new job or something. I know it can be scary. And at times you can't see where maybe even your next meal is coming from. It got like that for me one time. I was living paycheck to paycheck at my worst time. Maybe you don't know where you're going to live. Times get tough, right? Your path might seem to wander. But I want to tell you, keep your eyes on the presence of the Lord God and you won't go astray. Notice that the pillar led the people and it led them not the short way. It went around the Philistines. God is never going to lead you to a place to cause you to sin. He was going to lead them in righteousness to avoid sin. And like I said, when you're going through life and you think, well, I can't see where I'm going, just focus on the Lord. Sometimes the way he's taking you does not seem to make sense because you might say, I thought we were going this way. That's the quick way to get there. That don't make sense. Realize God could be taking you around something that if you got this close to it, you would stumble in a heartbeat. But you have to keep your eyes on the Lord and let him lead you. And regardless of the direction He goes, whether it makes sense to you or not, follow Him, and He'll keep you on the right path. You know, that's why we also have God's Word to read. That's why we have the indwelling of His Holy Spirit. That's why we have God with us, as the Word says. You're not alone. And you know, it's comforting to know that when Jesus gave us the Great Commission, He closed it by saying, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's always there. There's not going to be a time when he's not. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not ever leave us and that you never will. He guides and he protects us. Another thing I noticed when I was reading this is that it says a pillar of cloud and at night a pillar of fire. They weren't led by two pillars. They weren't led by five. They weren't led by a hundred. They were not They were led by just one pillar, one. There weren't various pillars. One going this way, other pillars going that way. He didn't offer everybody their own pillar. Well, if this seems best for you, you can follow that one. And if that one seems best to you, well, you can follow this one. Hey, if you want to feel like going back to Egypt, I don't want to offend you. I'll send a pillar back to Egypt until you get back to Egypt. There was one pillar, just one. And it was moving away from Egypt, away from their former life. You know, you have to be moving away from your former life if you're following Jesus Christ. You can't stay in it. The Israelites were following this one pillar, meaning they had to put their trust in God that the direction He was taking them was a good, had a good destination ahead. And as I said, the pillar was on its way around danger. It was not short through it. One pillar. Galatians 5 and 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, they would have had a tendency to want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's those Philistines. Hey, we ought to just go ahead and take them. God just got us out of Egypt. I I think we could take them here. That wasn't what God had in mind for them to do. He led them around that, just follow God. So Israel has their walk that they're doing one way, and we have ours just the same. And so when you decide to walk with the Lord, you got to realize there is only one way to go, just one. God doesn't offer you a multiple bunch of different ways. That's what America thinks. Oh, God's fine if you go that way. Who cares? God's fine if you do this. He's fine if you live like that. No, he's not fine with it. He has one way to go. There is not an American Jesus that loves everybody no matter what, who's ready to give automatic salvation to everybody, even if you play around with sin. There's just not a Jesus that does that. There's just one. There is one God. And we must strive to know His Word. That's why we cover so much Scripture here. It's in His Word, the understanding, the faith comes by hearing God's Word. To get to know Him. To know who God says. God says, let me tell you who I am. Don't invent me. I'll tell you who I am. And we learn that in His Word. Who He says He is. Not a God we conjure up. And so His path is not the path we would take if it were left up to us. You know, if it was left up to you... Every single time, you would take the wrong way. And so would I. There's no way you can take the right way without the Lord's guiding you. Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. God had to lead the Israelites because they would have run off into another place of sin. They would have actually gotten themselves right back into captivity all over again. God just took them out of captivity. Only the Lord knew the one way to get to the promised land. He had to show them how to get there. And you know, there's another promised land to get to, a promised land for us. See, this isn't just the Israelites in here. This is you and me. It's called eternal life with the Father. That's our promised land. And there's just one way to get there. Just one. It's not the way you think it is. It's not by being good enough. You don't get there by going to church. You don't get there by being baptized or any number of a million things that people come up with that they think gets them to heaven. None of that works because that's our thinking. That way that seems right to you ends up in death every time. The only one way to get to the promised land of eternal life is through Jesus Christ. John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we can see this pillar that leads the people to the one way to the promised land is kind of a picture of Jesus Christ. Follow me, follow this one single way, and you'll get there. And Jesus is never gonna lead you to sin, He's gonna lead you around it. So don't try to jump in there with your own thinking, going, This makes no sense to do this. Well, He's leading you around something to keep you out of trouble. And so there was one pillar, not two, not ten, not a hundred, one pillar, one way. There wasn't a pillar for each and every person, however way they felt. There's one to keep them away from the Philistine territory. And as I said, there certainly was not a pillar going back to Egypt. All the people that think that they're saved and they're still living in their sin, you might as well have a pillar going back to Egypt and God going, oh, I'm fine with that. Because he wasn't. You can't be in your old life. That's why you have to repent and leave your old life in order to make it to the promised land that God has for you in eternal life. God is not okay with our sin. If it would take God all the way to the point of crucifying His own Son on a cross because of our sin, then trust me, God is not okay with our sin. We do have to repent, leave our old life to be saved. Repentance is a prerequisite to salvation. And those who refuse to repent of their sin... Those who insist on remaining in bondage, and they think that God's okay with that. It's like an Israelite sitting down in Egypt and going, y'all go ahead, God's okay with me staying right here. He took them all out. He took them all out. He sent a deliverer to take them out. Friends, you cannot be saved if you're still in the same old sin. You have to turn and walk away from it. I think that's the biggest misconception about the entire gospel today is that I can just be who I've always been and God's fine with it. He's not. Well, God may not be happy with my sin, but he'll still save me. He won't. You have to leave your old life. Repentance is pivotal. No pun intended, but it is. You have to turn and leave it. Now imagine, what would happen if anyone thought it would be beneficial to go by the land of the Philistines? What would have happened to them? They'd probably been killed. They'd probably been taken back. They would be under bondage or dead, either way. Friends, the lot I'm trying to say is if you want victory in your life, you've got to follow the Lord's path, the one direction that He has set before us to be saved by, which is under the blood of Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb. And when God delivers you from your former life of bondage, like He did for the Israelites, then you have got to commit yourself to following His path. The Israelites are out of Egypt, yes, but now they have to be committed to following him, that one way. Any deviation from that, and they're right back in bondage again. Now, not one Israelite made it to the promised land by staying in Egypt. Again, not one Israelite made it to the promised land by staying in Egypt. They all got there by following the one way that God had set for them, one way. So to get to the promised land, they first had to leave Egypt. To get to Dallas, you first have to leave Houston. To get to eternal life, you have to leave your former life of sin. You have to repent. No change, no conversion. No change, no conversion. Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so the Israelites had to leave their old life behind in Egypt to follow God. That one pillar that they followed because God knows the way to the promised land. You and I don't, but he does. So I want to ask you, do you want to come with me to the promised land to eternal life? I know many of you are already saved in Jesus, but if you want to get to eternal life, do you want to be delivered out of this place down here? I want to leave here. I don't like what's going on. I don't like what I see. You look on the news and all the bad stuff going on, I don't want to stay here. So if you want to go out of here to eternal life, then commit yourselves to following Jesus Christ and don't follow anyone else. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. What you think is right ain't right. Always consult the Lord. That's why you have to make Jesus your Lord with complete submission. Because any 1% of your own angle on any matter, you're going to make a mess. That's why what the Israelites are doing here. They're following that one single pillar wherever it goes, even though it's taking the long way around. And again, let me, let me restate again. You think you're going the long way around. You think that something in your life is taking longer than it should be. So what I'm saying is for you in your life, you're wondering what's with my life, what's going on. Just follow God. Don't worry about the timing. Let him settle all that up. Some of you are waiting on a, a, a person or some of you are waiting on a, a career or, or something. Just follow God and trust him. That's what the Israelites are doing. Just follow. It may look like the long way to you, but it's, it's the right way to him. And it's for a purpose to keep us from falling into sin. I've seen those pillars of cloud up close before, Uh, the tornadoes. A friend of mine took me on a a storm chase one time, and we got a little closer than I wanted to. And so I've seen the tornadoes up close, and they're awesome to watch. But I try to imagine this pillar in Exodus, it changed from cloud to fire. (laughs) I mean, I tried to imagine that. I mean, when it came from day to night, that thing had to change its appearance from one thing to the other, right? And to see this every day. Knowing that God had not left you. You can trust in Him. He's going to do this. That must have been cool. Friends, don't take this whole place as just church. But let me tell you, if you decide to follow Jesus, you will visually see the awesome glory of God. You'll see it someday. I did my best to explain the pillar of fire, but this is God we're here for. This is your eternal destiny. And you're going to see the glory of God. My grandpa passed away and one of the little kids in the family uh, was listening to a discussion in the family somewhere and somebody said, well, you know, nobody knows what God looks like. And, and this, this child goes, well, papa does. I was like, wow, you will see the glory of God.
0: Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week, This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to WatchTherefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to WatchTherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713 624 0943. That's 713 624 0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.
2: This is John Peake with Israeli Self Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit, to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.